0: Hi guys, Phil here. Something a little bit different for you today as we deal with our burst water pipe in the gym. So I've dug up an old episode from 2018 in August with Cutting Wines Director Dan Radford talking all about organic wine as we all need a drink after what happened yesterday in the gym. So uh, check out the show notes for a little bit inf- more information about what did happen and um, also a bit of information about how you can help us out during this challenging time. Hope you guys enjoy the show and we'll be back to a normal tomorrow. We're live. Uh,
1: <laughs> the, the microphones are on. I know. Okay.
2: What's up, everybody? Uh, Yanni here again. We are back with Unity V and also the Sound of Movement podcast, which I will start recording now. Uh, thanks, Rad. Today we, we are super pumped. I've got the full crew here. We got Rad back, as you can kind of see in the corner of my shot here. And we've got a good friend of ours, uh, Dan Radford, who is um, a wine, I would say, uh, expert. I was gonna say guru, but I don't throw that word around lightly. He is, he is honestly, he's been in the game for a long, long time. And uh, in, in like 10 minutes of talking, I've learned more about wine than I knew in my entire lifetime before that. So. I'm super excited to uh, get Rad to introduce him um, in just one moment.
1: All right. All right, welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you, thank you. Pleasure yeah. to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you, man. So um, for those of you that don't know, Dan, he is, uh, he's a member of our gym, uh, but more importantly, he's a good friend of mine. Um, we were actually going, uh, having a little reminisce just the other day and talking about when, when we met and we, uh, we could put it down to, uh, it was either January or February in the year 2000. Uh, and I know that so well because uh, I had just come out of uh, a plaster cast on my foot. Uh, I'd had an injury from, uh, from my short career as a stuntman. Um, and Dan was my uh, manager at a bottle shop in Cremorne called Liberty Liquors. Yeah, it goes no, back. I'm going way back. Going way back, eh? Hey? And then, uh, of course, Liberty Liquors was bought out by um, by Woolworths, and uh, it turned into First Estate and BWS. And uh, Dan and I went went on to doing um, bigger and better things. And um, for, I guess, the reason why we, we got you on the show today, Dan, is because um, as Yanni just said on the intro, I didn't know anything about wine or, or really, sort of. Uh, any alcohol before I started working with you and it was when I started working with you I, I had an interest in you You just started talking to me about the different types of wines and uh, beers and where they come from and, and that's where I learnt the limited amount that I, uh, that I now know. Well,
0: look, I won't take all the credit for your knowledge, mate.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I'd give it to you honestly. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've. Uh, I really don't think I've learned anything of any value around uh, around different wines and uh, and beers that I that I haven't learned from you. And um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself, Dan, from uh, from then to now. Um, so back when you were the manager of, uh, of Liberty Liquors and then you went over. You were managing. Um, What was that place that we worked at under the Metropole Hotel? What was Uh, it called? Hotel Cremorne. Yeah, yeah. but what was the bottle shop called? It was just the Hotel Cremorne bottle shop. shop And then, uh, to my understanding, you went on to become a rep, a wine rep. Is that right?
0: Yeah, so pretty much from uh, managing uh, and changing the store down for Hotel Cremorne because they um, (laughs) poached me from Liberty Liquors. uh, And then pretty much worked my way up to uh, Licensee. At Hotel Cremorne. Um did that for you know over the six years, uh, and as much as I would like to say I, I love the game, I love the hotel game, I didn't prefer the the late nights, yeah. so I decided um, you know maybe to start looking around and see what else was out there. Uh, I got approached by a company by the call, uh young and Rashley wines mm-hmm. um, who I've dealt with um, especially through all the the ball stores uh, and hotels mm-hmm. that I'd worked at um, and the uh, the gentleman at the time Cal he said hey listen you're looking to get out we might have a position for young and Rashley and I said yeah absolutely let's uh, let's get into it yeah. and um, yeah a bit of a lifestyle change a bit of a pay cut but certainly uh, my interest in wine was always around um you know learning more and, and gaining more knowledge i don't think you ever know everything about wine. i think you still learn things i still learn things now um, you know, even by chatting to other people that have been probably in the game longer than
1: I have. You just come and ask me if you need to know. Yeah, look, seriously, i I seriously. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, so then Young & Rashley, I was sort of with there for three three or so years, and then I decided, mm, I didn't want to just be a sales rep for the rest of my <laughs> life. Uh, and an opportunity came up within Young & Rashley um, to possibly, Buy into a um, sister company, I guess you'd call it, called Cuttings Wine Merchants, um, with another gentleman, Justin Walters, and uh, yeah, we started to create Cuttings Wine Merchants, um, uh, build it from you know I guess ground zero and uh, to where we are today, which yeah. is uh, seven or eight years on. So yeah, awesome. um, yeah so I guess you know uh, our business is is selling wine to anybody with a liquor license or, yep. um, you know, very close friends, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we build our portfolio, um, you know, probably a little bit more boutique wines, um, yep. you know, certainly designed for more on premise, um, but certainly still do with the off premise side of things. Um, and when I say on premise, you know, restaurants, cafes with liquor license, yep. uh, restaurants, hotels, um, online, Businesses that have a liquor license, so um, and then and then retailers. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a broad section of of um, clients that, that that we deal with, which is great. Uh, and uh, you know, I still love hospitality. Uh, I thought I'd possibly I might get out of it one day, but um, certainly now that I'm in the wine side of things, and uh, you know, I learn uh, you know more and more each day, and and you know. You, I mean what a job to have to taste wine and yeah <laughs> see uh see what the wines are like and yeah. if it's a new vintage or it's a new product or a, or a new varietal um yeah uh, yeah you know i continue to uh, to learn
1: yeah yeah Good. for sure and um so I, I mean i remember over the years that i that i worked with you uh you were often doing um wine appreciation courses as well so you yes. you, you know i remember you know you'd tell me oh I'm going off to do this uh, wine appreciation course tonight for for this and that and then you'd come back with some with some new knowledge about it and and yep. and the amount that I learned um, from from you just in the times of, uh, of of feeding off that was enough to when I go out to a bottle shop with people I always seem to know more about the wines than than anyone that i'm that I'm with um, and my knowledge is just so limited compared to someone that really knows what they're talking about but um, I guess what led us—I'm I'm going to just share with everyone sort of what led us to having you on here. You know, we um, over the years, um, you know, you only get to see each other, uh, you know, here and there, and we didn't get to see each other for a few years. And and, uh, and you you came into the gym recently. You wanted to uh, you know get back into the gym, and uh, and and when we were talking about what you were doing, I thought you were still. Um, uh, involved in a, in the vineyard that you were that you were working with, or uh, being a wine rep, and you told me that no, you were running your own wholesale company and yep. uh, and everything, and, and I I remember of, I remember the conversation. I said, oh man, yeah, you know, I, I just can't drink uh, wine. And you said, why not? And I said, well, I've tried so many different amounts of it, and I found that even if I have one glass of of a, of a red wine, I'll still get a, a bit of a headache the next day. And you laughed at me and said it's not wine, mate, it's the quality of wine that you're drinking. And I said, well, what do you mean? And, and you said, well, you know, what are you drinking? And I told you, and it was the big name wines that you can get at any of the, of the big bottle shops. Um, and I thought I was drinking a decent wine because I'm spending 15 bucks on it. I'm not spending like six bucks on a bottle. Um, and you laughed and told me, um, this, this is what you said anyway, which is that when, when a big wine company gets wine, they'll get maybe 15% of their grapes from this vineyard and 20% of their grapes from this vineyard and 30% from this vineyard. And, uh, and then they'll put it all together and they'll taste it and it doesn't really taste the way they want it to, so they'll put some sulfates in it or whatever it is and they'll taste it again. And by the time you get the finished product, um, it's 10 or 15% preservatives and, and sulfates, which is what causes that headache. And uh, um, that resonated with me because I, I understood the concept of organic and biodynamic wines, which is, uh, you know, to my understanding organic means that they haven't used any pesticides or herbicides in the process of even growing the wine, the grape for at least five years. Yep. Plus, they haven't uh, used any I- additives in the wine. Um, and then a biodynamic vineyard means they haven't actually had any preservatives or pesticides used on the soil at all. Um, is that right? Why don't you let Dan explain it? Huh?
0: Yeah, look,
1: um, I
0: guess you know if you're looking at organic wines, um, and uh, we talk about that just. Separately to the biodynamic side of things, um, organic wines are, you know, wines or grapes that exclude um, chemical um, uh, synthetics, um, you know, which might be in fertilisers, um, herbicides, um, fungicides, uh, you know, pesticides, those type of things. So, um, so the organic is still about the actual. F- the land itself um, and the nutrients that the soil gives um, and, you know, they try and grow the grapes within the realms of what the land provides. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, they can still have preservatives uh, mm-hmm. in organic wine um, and the biodynamic side of, <coughs> of the, the, you know, the vineyards or grapes is probably a little bit more, to do with, you know, they, they follow it by the moon and the sun and, and the water and, and that's, you know, they grow everything by calendar. Yeah, wow. Um, and that's that's pretty hardcore, but you're right, um, it is a long process um, for any vineyard to, you know, to be certified organic. Yeah. Um, it usually takes about five years. Um, the vineyard as well as the winery has to be um organic yep. um, and certified. Um, one of the wines, one of the wineries which we, we certainly focus a lot on and has certainly grown over the last few years is Paxton Wines um, and they have a certified uh, symbol which is on the back of the of the label and it's NASA and um, you know it's, a, it's quite a, a heavy process. They do get checked on quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, There are uh, vineyards and wineries within our our portfolio that aren't certified organic, but they follow the organic practices. um, Mm -hmm. And there are wineries um, within uh, both the Young and Rashi and Cuttings portfolio. uh, Like Rosalie, um, like Newdorf, uh, um, Tullerian. these guys uh, tend to have the 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 practices of organic but they just haven't got that organic um uh, certification yeah Uh, so and 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 that's just more on the vineyard alone itself
2: am i right in in um, asking is there is there different levels of organic like is there like um i don't know where i read this years ago but to get the actual certified organic logo they've got to be like top level and there's other sort of people that are trying to do different
0: yeah look it, it is it's certainly harder with with vineyards um and a lot of it is to do with uh you know even your next door neighbor now if your next door neighbor's you know growing vineyards and they're using chemicals and sprays and things like that and that actually even goes across through to your uh, vineyard you, very hard to become um organic and biodynamic uh and and the reason for that is is because as soon as that starts to affect the grapes then you can't be organic, organic. Yeah. um yeah there, you know there's there's a lot of theory you know about um uh, you know I, I guess biodynamic is is also <coughs> another step up they tend to have um, their own um, fertilizer which is usually cow manure yeah um, paxton's a classic they um, have their cows and they don't you know they don't use any drenching um, you know, which sometimes can affect, um, you know, the, the the manure itself. You know, yep. when you drench cows and some like of that. So yep. they don't do that. Yeah.
1: Um, and so everything that you described about biodynamic and organic, again, that's uh, referring to the process of the way the grapes are delivered and the and the growing of it. Whereas uh, preservative free refers to the fact that they that once they've got the final wine, they don't add preservatives to it. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So
0: it, uh, sulfites are generally you know added, um, and sometimes that. can affect people Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why some people do get headaches there's no doubt about that Uh, the paxton you know they created a a wine that's now uh, called now shiraz it's a naturally organic wine and it's um, no preservatives so there's no added preservatives at all so
1: um, which is so we've actually got that here. Can yeah. I? Um, can we get a shot, Yanni, of me yeah. with this one? S- so okay. Yeah. Uh, this, well, yeah. Okay. So camera. here it is. Um, now I can. When I had this chat to Dan, of course, I wanted to uh, um, to ask. Uh, I wanted to I try. S-
2: I'll do, I'll
1: zoom in and do a super close up. The <laughs> okay. So this is uh, here we are. Let's have a look. Close. There we go. Okay. A more. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, when uh when i had this conversation with dan and and he laughed at me and told me no it's not red wine or wine as to why you're feeling the headache it's the quality of it um of course uh i tried some of these ones and i did try these paxton ones and uh and i can tell you without a doubt that um i've shared a bottle of this with alana so we had that would be four standard drinks um, in, you you in all know he <laughs> had it <all> to himself <laughs> <laughs> and um it was not only some of the best red wine I've ever tasted by a long shot, but I did not get a headache or even a smidgen of a hangover the next day. Um, It really, really made a difference to the stuff that I'm used to drinking.
0: Yeah, look, I guess the thing is, is that, you know, if you're going to drink two or three bottles of... um preservative free wine you're going to get a headache because yeah. it's actually the alcohol
2: there's no hiding a hangover if you're a pisshead <laughs> <word. Yeah. laughs>
0: if you're going to drink two or three bottles of wine you're probably still going to get a hangover um i guess the thing is is that when you look at uh you know preservative free or low preservative wines um and you know and you want to have a couple of glasses uh, you know yes you won't um probably notice the sulfites or you know you won't wake up the next day feeling like you've been hit by a truck yep. especially to those people that um do get affected by it yeah um yep. so uh,
1: yeah look man for me personally speaking i can really notice a difference yep. i was i was really blown away when you told me what you said, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll see. And honestly, it was like night and day for me. And Alana felt the same as well. Alana felt the difference. And it's, I mean, it's a quality. Those are quality wines, those Paxton's. They're so much better than anything that I've really tried. I have I mean, I've, look, I've had some, um, I've had some Penfolds bin 389s and some 60 or $70 retail bottles before, and, and I would put this up against it any day.
0: Yeah, look, I guess the other thing, you know, we, and something that I actually talked about, Yanni just before we, we got on, Uh, On air, I guess, um, is uh, single vineyard wines. Um, That's another uh, area that I think people probably would like to know more
1: about. Yeah, this was a big one for me as well because I didn't understand it. So, single vineyard is
0: a a site where the the winery or or the vineyard owner solely gets that grape and they can maintain it and control it within the realms of the climate, the soil. Um, So, there might be variation due to. Um, you know what's happening with the climate or you know um, soils or, or whatever's going on but the thing is is that you're always going to get quality and and pretty much a consistency yep. with that particular vineyard because mm-hmm. it is single vineyard um, the other thing is is that when you start talking outside of single vineyard there are some companies and you sort of reflect on that that they're bigger companies um, and you know they they're all about obviously quantity. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, selling a lot more um, to to mass produce to to keep up with uh, the demand. Yep. Um, to do that, yes, they they do need to go and you know use other vineyards or or sometimes they have other vineyards of their their own that they that that they use. But therefore, it might be a, a Chardonnay vineyard there and then another Chardonnay vineyard there, and then they might use those two vineyards um, um, and blend the grapes together. Mm-hmm. Um, with, uh, I guess that side of things, you know, the, the Chardonnay in one particular uh, site would be really, really good. And then possibly at another site, not as good. So that what they can do is actually blend the the two, you know, the, those sites or three or four or five mm. sites, whatever the case might be. And there might be some idiosyncrasies for some of these vineyards. Yep. Um, so therefore, when you balance it out with, you know, some of the, the better, um, sh- Chardonnay I'm using Chardonnay as an example Um, you can sort of balance the quality of the wine a little bit more so um, you know there's nothing wrong with that but I guess you know when you're looking at single vineyard Wines, you, you, you're truly getting the nature of that particular site, yeah. Um, and you, I guess, appreciate more what's happening within that particular site because you know what's going on, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, look, it's there are there are so many different factors of yeah. of, of wine. Um, yeah, you know, we we talk about another thing that that's that's starting to that gets asked a lot more as vegan wines. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are a lot of people out there that that follow the vegan side of things. Um, This is an interesting
2: topic. Pay attention, vegans,
0: because I had no
2: idea about this and it's something that most vegans, I think, probably don't know and for therefore probably
0: aren't actually vegan. Yeah, that's right. I I guess, um, you know, the wines, um, you know, the final process to go through a filtration process and um, a lot of the wines uh, these days, well, certainly in the past, Used um, egg white as a filtration, or um, fish eggs, or you know animal products. I guess Um, there are a lot more wineries now um, that are not not using those particular um, filtration. Um, mechanisms, mechanisms. Yep. so um, and you know we we have some wineries in our portfolio that are vegan friendly Yeah, um you know toysner is a is one of those particular the brands that, that um you know goes down that path
2: just hold that hold that up a <coughs> tiny oh hang on we'll do a close-up on rads again
1: toysner mm-hmm. toysner yeah. and um so that's a vegan wine for the vegans <laughs> out there
0: There is certainly, without a doubt, uh, a lot more interest in biodynamic, organic, vegan, natural wines, um, mm-hmm. and the growth, I guess, is because there's a lot more talk about people talking about how healthy they want to feel, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess that's part of you know when we talk about you know gym. Well,
1: well that's that's massive, man, because yeah. that is something that uh, that's that that was a real a big interest point for me to try some of the ones that I've tried in your portfolio, Dan, um, you know, a lot of people do drink wine, <coughs> excuse me, for the health benefits. Yep. And I'm doing little quotations here because I think, um, what we were speaking about before we went live is, I think a lot of people aren't realising that when they you know, get these health benefits from wine, they're also drinking all this rubbish if they're, if they're not understanding what goes into the wine and whether or not it's organic or it's single vineyard or any of that stuff. And for those of you, um, especially for Unity Gym members that are interested, um, we are going to organise uh, a wine tasting down at Unity Gym. I've already been speaking to Dan about this It's something that he does. Yes. <laughs> so uh, next Monday morning at 8am, uh, we're all going to be getting uh, walloped down. <laughs> Down here uh, so we'll get the training out of the way first no it's uh i'm lying we usually save our drinking until 10 a.m on mondays so we might right <laughs> no, we'll, uh, we'll we'll organize it up we'll figure out a time that we can do maybe friday afternoon evening or saturday or something but um dan's uh d- this is something that dan does and he's going to take us through showing us what single vineyard wines are like how they differ what biodynamic wines are what some different grape varieties are what's some wh- what did you call it the uh, the true wine or the Natural, natural wine. Natural wine. Can you explain that a little bit for us? Because I'd never even heard of that before. What's what's a natural yeah, wine? Yeah. So natural
0: wine is is starting to be a uh, a little bit more. Uh, it's almost a movement to say uh, it's a it's a nose to tail approach on wine, um, extending from the vineyard to bottling. Um, it, it still has the organic and biodynamic philosophies but it can um still have sulfur dioxide added to it so uh it it probably you know a lot of people think that natural wines um are the next best thing yeah but not necessarily not necessarily um you know there isn't a lot of filtration um it's you know they're small quantities um, mm. they're usually quite expensive mm. um, and, and what is
1: it what, what why why is it called the natural wine as opposed to well it's
0: just pretty much grapes going straight in from you know uh, barrel straight into a bottle without, yeah right without any uh, and you'll see a lot of it is cloudy yeah right okay uh, so they don't filter it or anything Yeah, correct. So
2: um, hypothetically you would say this is what they would have been drinking like a thousand years ago or thousands of years ago. So when you see like Game of Thrones and they're drinking wine, yeah, It's all cloudy and,
0: and, you know, white or red or even rosé or, you know, any of those particular... Yeah, it is quite cloudy. But not necessarily has to be. um, But you do see a lot of that now. Um, So that's why they were
2: ruthless fighters. They were less hungover.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they probably were. Yeah. (laughs) The thing about... um, uh, and I you know to clarify this natural wine um, doesn't have a lot of longevity either yeah uh, you know probably six, 12 months and really any time after that um, yep. you know it, it really doesn't last as long especially well. also once it's opened yep. um, it doesn't you know once you've opened it natural wine can change within 24 hours
1: yeah wow well.
2: on, so. on that. Um, quickly I want to give uh, this is actually genuinely a question for me so fuck everyone else sorry (laughs) I didn't mean that team Um, how long can you keep a bottle of wine after you open it because Kalisha and I have this ongoing thing where she'll open a bottle of wine I'm looking at her right now at the back of the gym uh, smiling she'll have like one sip of a really nice bottle of wine on Saturday night and then save it for the following weekend and I'm like you can't fucking do
0: that it tastes like shit the following weekend (laughs) Am I right? Uh, Am I wrong? Look, to be honest, uh, you know, look, you know, there there are a lot of there are a lot of people that have thoughts and processes on this. I'll give you mine. Yep. Um, Don't don't worry about her feelings. No, no. Would (laughs) I would I drink a wine seven days later? I, I would try it. It certainly would not be as good as it is in the first three days. Look. Um I would have to say that it, you've you've certainly lost a lot of its um, character yeah. by the time. Look,
1: everybody knows time. when you open a bottle of wine, you've got about three hours to drink it, and then I mean, well, look, it, so. yeah, look.
0: Th- th- to be honest, that th- there's certain grape rotters that you know, you, you know, Chardonnay or a Riesling, um, Shiraz, Cabernet, those type of grapes. You know, you can open them and then try them two or three days later, and and they're, you know, they still. Yep. A good uh, Pinot Noir. It, it, it really depends on the quality of the wine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a three or four dollar bottle of wine probably won't last more than two days. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the good thing about wine, and, and I, I think everybody needs to, you know, to, to think about this, is wine changes and evolves and it it evolves from the moment it gets you know you know picked through to gets into the bottle and even in the bottle it can change and then by the time you get it through to opening it it can change again and then you know you might try it from you know I've certainly in my industry have tried a wine at 9 a.m. and then I've looked at it again at 5 or 6 p.m. and there is a difference
1: yeah um, it's worse or better like is that because i've i've heard about uh you know you need some, to some wines wine do breathe. need
0: to yeah do need to air yeah um and a lot of the a lot of the younger wines sometimes tend to need to do that um but also the reason for that is to get a little bit of um you know the, the oxygen in there just to, to yep. create um the wine to to give it a little bit more vitality i guess yep. so uh, you know, you you can try one the second day, and yep. you might actually. Some people even say, "Oh, it's even better than yep. when they and first we, open yeah, it because sure. it's just had a bit more time to, to evolve mm-hmm. again." So, you know, the third day, fourth day, yep, wines can still look good. Uh, you know, seven days is probably pushing it a little bit, but you know, that's <laughs> that's that's okay. Each yep. their own. Um, I think the thing is, is that you when you when you open a wine and you appreciate it, and then you look at it again. You know the next day or the next six hours or the next three days you will think okay yeah it has changed a little bit now for the better or for worse that is completely up to the individual so mm-hmm. you know i i can i've always said i can put you know a wine you know into a brown paper bag give 20 people uh, the same wine and 20 people are going to give me different opinions yeah. now technically i can't tell them what they're tasting yeah. I mean, I can advise them, but everybody's taste buds are a little bit different. So, just because you might taste something doesn't necessarily mean that person might taste something. Yeah. So, you know, I always argue that everybody that gives an opinion is right. Um, you know, that can be argumentative. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but like it. look, at the end of the day, I think the fact is, if people are talking about wine these days and, and, are, and are learning more about it, you know, it, it's good for the wine industry. Yeah. So, um, which. You know, we all want to be healthy. I think there's a lot more of a, a healthy kick on, you know, what we eat, what we drink, you know, what we're doing. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, not the youngest here, so by far, but I certainly like to think that I'm trying to keep healthy in, in what I do and and yeah. how I look and and yeah. what I'm putting into my body. So, yeah. you know, wine, you know, that's that's part of it. Yeah. Um, as I said, you know, you can put five bottles of wine in your stomach, that isn't going to make you feel any better and certainly isn't going to be any healthier. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, you you, you appreciate the wine a lot a bit, especially quality wine. I think you actually understand a little bit more. You know, a lot of the cheaper wine, uh, and I don't want to certainly bag any any company out. That's not what I'm about. I think, you know, a lot of the cheaper wine these days, you know, um, probably tannin is a, is a classical example, I guess. Um, there is tannin in, in the grapes and in the stems and stuff like that. So and it's a compound. So therefore, it you know it it is uh, what is tannin. This is when you
2: when you're tasting a wine and they say I can. It's very tannic. Tannic. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's right. Or that's you know about you say all people, I know about wine. Some basically. people
0: that sometimes have a red wine like Cabernet Shiraz and they like, and they have this really, they you know, yes. quite quite. That's that's the tannin side yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, so it's a compound that's done by the grape and and it's natural. But some there are bad and good tannins. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I guess, the, the cheaper wine may not take out the bad tannin as well, yeah. So, which yeah. is bacteria and, yeah. and you know, those type of things. So, therefore, you know, that may affect people as well. Um, sometimes, you know, wine is picked too early, for instance, and they might add um, sugar. To give it a little bit more, um, you know, fruit weight, um, I guess. So, mm-hmm. you know, sugar is added as well. So, you know, there are different aspects of, of, of wine. Um, you know, I don't want to go too much into the technical terms, but you know, look, if if people, as I say, if we we do this wine tasting and people want to come down and try some wines, and you know, they want to learn more about, especially vegan, organic, natural, um, biodynamic, then yeah, let's let's crank it up, and and certainly, you know.
1: Maybe, I mean, man, I'm I'm sure that there's some people out there that just want to learn about, and I'm going to put my hand up for this one, just learn about the different grape varieties, you know? Like, like what the difference between a and a Pinot Noir, and a Cab Sav is, and things like that. The good thing
0: about it, you know, and and I still, as I say, I still learn things every day, and and I'm certainly not the most knowledgeable person in, in the wine world, but in terms of, you can try a Pinot Noir from the same region, but within different vineyards, and they can give off you know, certain aspects that are quite, quite different. Yeah. And you think, well, hang on, but it's all from that particular region. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's organized tastes the same. Yeah. But it's a good, good way. And, you know, we can do that here, you know, if we wanted to, where we could have all, you know, a Pinot Noir, for instance, or an all Shiraz from, and you can actually see the differences. Yeah. You can even see the differences between a biodynamic sometimes wine and a uh, a non-biodynamic organic wine. So, you know, Education is great, and and I guess for me, you know, talking about wine, and 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 if somebody turns around and goes, oh, I didn't know that," then that's my job done. I, yeah, you know, yeah. As I said, uh, just because I like a particular style of wine doesn't necessarily mean that someone else might. But mm. I guess for me, if someone actually appreciates appreciates the wine, uh, that that's my job done. Mm. Because then what you when you see is then the next person then tells that story on to the next people that they're mm. drinking. And then, mm. you know, it, it, it is a, fo- a, a flow on effect. And, and for me, you know, that's that's what wine's yeah. all about. I well, think. I've
1: never spoken about wine to people before having having your wines. And, you know, talking about what different people get from a, a different wine, um, you've absolutely ruined me because Alana <laughs> and I went to uh, the bottle shop and bought a $15 bottle of wine that we used to like. And we were, we were like turning our nose up at it. We've turned into wine snobs now after, <laughs> after drinking some of your good stuff. Um, I think
0: there's there's a difference between a wine snob and a wine appreciator yeah (laughs) oh well I like that yes Yes. yeah
1: but uh, but uh, I've definitely turned into a wine appreciator and um, I wouldn't I mean I don't I've never gone and bought a bottle of wine and gone and spoken about it to people afterwards before trying your stuff. And uh, I couldn't shut up about it. It was uh, it was really, really good. So, yeah, for those of you who are, who are Unity Gym members or, or friends of ours, um, look out. We will announce uh, the time and date uh, for the... Uh, wine tasting at, at Unity Gym soon and uh, we're going to do a workout straight after it so uh, however so, drunk you get you're going to uh, anyone that's not <laughs> you, you, Rad,
2: Rad doesn't do wine tasting properly he actually dr- <laughs> he actually drinks the wine he thinks you're meant to drink it all
1: well I've never you done are, a wine tasting but it's not actually about getting
0: blind drunk it is actually about when I do a wine tasting to spit the wine out but that's completely up to you yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: Just quickly on on that, um, c- could we talk about a few of your tips when you are looking for a good wine? Like, what do you look for? Because this is something like I've I've been to um, vineyards a lot, and you're always a little bit. There's like when you're doing those cellar door uh, tasting. There's an element of um, like embarrassment. You don't want to sound like that dick in the in in the in the bunch that just knows absolutely bugger all about wine. So help me. Uh, to look better when I'm at the cellar door next time. (laughs) Uh,
0: Um, What can, uh, what can, what tips can you give me? Oh, look, you know, what do I look for when I go into a winery? Um, You know, sometimes it's actually just about the winery itself before you even try some of the wines. Um, Sometimes you can walk into a winery and, you know, you're not really sure, you know, what their focus is or what their, you know, their, their, bigger producing wine grape roll is. So um, if you don't know the winery, then I would probably walk in and one of the first questions, and this is obviously more about, you know, learning more about the winery is saying, hey, listen, just wondering what, you know, what are your bigger productions on wine? Because a lot of wineries will focus more on Chardonnay or uh, because the, the, you know, the the soil or the the vineyard is better um, equipped for Chardonnay or Shiraz or Pinot Noir. So I guess one of the, for me... It's, so you
1: want to know what it is that they're focusing on? Yeah, and, 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 and look,
0: you, the thing is that some people, you know, certain regions within Australia, um, you know, around the world are, are better known for particular grape varietals. So um, you, if, you, if you want to learn more about a particular vineyard and, or winery, ask the questions of, okay, so what, what, you know, what's your biggest production? You know, mm-hmm. what, what grape varietal are you pushing the most? Mm-hmm. And, and, and why are you doing that? Um, and, and all of a sudden you'll start to, to, to gain the interest, I guess, of the, of the, the vineyard or, or the winery themselves because you're already showing, you know, an interest in what they do. Um, everybody has their favorite style of grape bridal. Uh, I think that's probably because we, we grow up, you know, and, and I used to like um, Semion, which is, you know, uh, when I was 18, 19, 20, you know, I liked semi great, but I don't drink that now. I'm, I've moved to Chardonnay. Uh, I think your taste buds change, but I think you're also well the
1: five dollar g- casks of semi-on. Yeah, don't, yeah they, they they taste they, as they good was, as the that chardon- was good, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> university days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think
0: I think the thing is is that you you've got a. I, I always say if if you're walking into a bottle shop or you're walking into a cellar, try every mm. if you can, because you you, as I said, I still learn things every day if you try every wine or just even taste it you don't need to swallow it rad you just <laughs> need to, you just need to taste it Oh, um, yeah but i think you know it's one of those things that you if you try the, whatever it is that they've got on on tasting you will turn around and go you know what i really like that and i didn't know i like that mm. and, it, and it's the same thing that people say oh, i don't like chardonnay well Okay, why don't you like the Chardonnay? Is it because you had a really bad Chardonnay, for instance, that was overly oaked and you, mm-hmm. it was all too woody? I've you said, tried to nah. tell
1: the Siani He tells me he doesn't like white wines. But,
0: but you know, the thing is, is try everything because yeah. you will suddenly be surprised um, what you actually do and don't like. Yeah. Um, and there are going to be some wines that you will turn around and say, yeah you know what, I still don't like it. That's okay. That's just your taste buds and that's just what you're not into. So there isn't, as I said, there isn't a right and wrong answer for the person that's tasting the wine. Um, What do I look for if I'm going to particular regions? You know, if I'm going to Tasmania or um, New Zealand or, um, you know, Victoria, you know, Pinot Noirs and Chardonnays, uh, you know, they're, they're quite well known for those type of things. Um, Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand, um, you know, you can go to the Hunter and Semillon Chardonnay Shiraz. Um, you know, these, uh, you know, McLaren Vale can be um, uh, Shiraz as well. Regions within Australia, um, you know, are better known for particular grape varietals but it doesn't necessarily mean that they can't do other ones and it just depends again when we talk about the climate and and the soils and everything else around it if that, if they've got a chance to grow it and it works uh, then they'll continue to keep you know to keep um, producing it so
1: yeah cool yeah. cool
0: awesome so
2: the basic um, what we spoke about before Tannic. How do I know that a wine's tannic? It hits the back of my throat a little bit more.
0: Um, tannins are tannins can be anywhere. They they could be at the front of your mouth. They can be in the middle. Yeah, um, really. They can be at the back. What's the difference between a tannic wine and an acidic wine? Um, acidic wine is actually the, the grape itself. I mean, they both have tannins and they both have um, acids. Acids. Yeah. So you know, some some will. Uh, you'll, you'll usually whites generally have a lot more. You know, like a riesling or a semillon and stuff like that. You'll notice a lot more of the the acid structure yep. coming through. Um, tannins, um, probably you notice a lot more in reds. Yeah. So cabernets and shirazes and things like. That. You can still get tannins in pinot noir and things like that, but generally, if they're integrated well, you you don't really notice it as much. Um, yeah. You know, tannin. Yeah. It it just depends on how the the wine's made. Yeah. Um, and you know you. You will notice a tannin, and it can be right at the front where you you're almost puckering your lips. Yep, and then there's a tannin that, as you say, at the back where you you almost yep. feel like a glass of water. Yep. Um, that's just how the wines you know made and and what they've done to it. So uh, yeah. And and when
2: they say when you hear some wine snob sipping it, going, "Oh, I get notes of summer," and um I don't know Flums. rose Flums petals and rose powder. petals in yeah. the aftertaste where okay so let's just go and, and hypothetically say okay that all of that is true and that person is genuinely tasting and receiving all of those sensations where are they coming from like is that the, the it's soil? usually, it, it's usually it? from the grape it's from the grape grape. and and does the grape pull that from anything particular or is it just the the strand of grape just the the um Uh, type of grape yeah
0: look you know you you talk about uh, sauvignon blanc from say new zealand and there is a perception that they're you know passion fruit and gooseberry and things like that from marlborough particularly yep um that's generally what the grape itself is is giving off um so you know um uh, a rosé, for instance, that's made from Pinot Noir grape yep. will usually give off a little bit more of that strawberries and cream rose pebble. So, yes, it's, it's generally the grape itself. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, it can be also the other factors of how the winemaker you know, wants to produce the wine itself as well. So th- there is a certain style that the grape <laughs> is giving, but they might um, go, well, listen, I'm looking for a little bit more, um, you know, variation in the in the grape so they might say well, let's try and go down this path and you know for cabernet well, instead of going sort of a, a black current they might go a little bit more but it, it's it really depends on the grape itself and, and and how it's evolved through through the climate through the you know growing um you know what how you know when it was picked if it was early if it was late um you know the i can get into the technical type you know, terms and say you know, bowmaids and all these type of things, but it, it, it does come down to the winemaker and what they're looking for out of the grape and what they want to you know, produce, you know, for the for the client or for the consumer. So. Yep, cool. Um,
2: one, the only th- about the only thing I do really know about wine, la- uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you interested, is that the health benefits of wine come from an antioxidant in the wine called resveratrol, which is only in the red grape. And uh, the research that I've done indicates that the colder the climate that the grape is produced in, the more of that resveratrol is produced in the wine. And it's, a, it's, it's like a, um, a safety mechanism for the grape to protect itself. Uh, so in the colder climate, it has to sort of defend itself a little bit more to survive. And it seems that there is more of that resveratrol produced. So the Pinot Noirs are usually the colder climate grapes aren't they correct yes. um so if you want the resveratrol b- benefits which is an amazingly powerful antioxidant let me be absolutely clear it helps to strengthen what's called the endophilion in the body which is a a, a fatty connective sort of web that holds all of your cells together it helps to Um, keep your skin stretchy and elastic. It does all sorts of amazing things. So resveratrol in the right amounts is very, very good for you, meaning red wine in the right amounts is very, very good for you. And uh, there are also some some, um, good studies to prove that it's good for your cardiovascular system within moderation. So Rad's style of drinking is completely out, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Um, I'm I'm in the firing line here, am I? (laughs) He's getting smashed.
2: Dan, you've just tried our uh, kombucha. What do you
1: think? Um, yeah, I
0: firstly, what is it? (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's a fermented drink. It's basically fermented sugar. So we've all heard about uh tea and sugar. The the well, yeah, but the bacteria really comes from fermenting sugar, doesn't it? So the um Uh, we've all heard about how our digestive system is strengthened with the good bacteria. you see all those inner health plus ads and your cult and things like that but the problem is that mass-produced foods and especially the dairy industry um, they have to what's it called Um, not not hydrogenate they have to poly what is it Pasteurize. They have to pasteurize uh, their foods, and pasteurization is a process where they kill bacteria, um, Dan, so it's more um, uh, commercially viable. You know, they can um, send it all across the country and across the world sometimes, and people aren't going to, you know, die from some bacterial infection. So when you're having a, a, a drink that, that claims to have health benefits from bacteria, it's important that it's non-pasteurized. So that kombucha isn't pasteurized and it's basically just just putting down uh, a whole bunch of good bacteria in your digestive system uh, to help uh, with health, help with inner health.
0: Yeah, I've I, I never, never heard of it and never tried it, but the fact that it has organic on it which is obviously <laughs> quite
1: uh, quite hard. Yeah, quite passionate, quite about. Pa- passionate yeah. about. And that Would bottle, you? that bottle actually has uh, seven, uh, th- 27 calories in it. So because all of the sugar is eaten by the bacteria in the fermentation process, there's there's virtually uh, no sugar left in it. And uh, so in terms of you know, wanting to sustain a healthy weight, um, you can drink a, drink a couple of those a day and you certainly won't, won't put on any weight from it.
0: And when are you meant to drink
1: it? Uh, not when you're fasting. Yeah, right, when okay, you're not so meant to drink it. Probably, so probably ro- not right uh, uh, that's all right, that's why I'm not drinking one now. I'm actually doing a 24 hour fast today. Um, basically just when, you, when you're not fasting mate, and you wouldn't want to have more than two bottles a day, okay. uh, like anything, anything should be had it's in good, moderation. It's good, isn't it? Good, isn't yes. it? Yeah. This
2: one that you're drinking, uh, I'll just get a shot of my bottle here. Um, this is a hibiscus kiss. And the reason why I'm a big fan of the hibiscus, where am I lining that up? Okay, there, that's a product shot there. Shout out to Remedy Kombuchas um, for supplying us with delicious kombucha. They're probably one of the best. And they're one of the ones, you have gotta be very careful. Kombucha guys, I'll get back to hibiscus in a sec, I digress, but kombucha is one of those things that has become mainstream and very, very popular. Uh, Just like um, uh, uh, 100% pure wine. And there are a lot of companies that aren't doing it right. They add sugar and flavoring to it. So you've got to be very careful which... Or even pasteurizing. Um, Yeah, a lot of them uh, actually pasteurize them, which is completely stupid because it kills all the bacteria. A lot of them add sugar to sweeten it and add um, uh, processed flavors, and that just ruins it. So Remedy, and there's only a couple out there that are really, really good. Anyway, back to hibiscus. Hibiscus has a chemical in it that's, um, that's been found to upregulate cellotophagy. So cellotophagy is that, we've spoken about it before, is that healing process, the body's ability to restore its cells. <clears throat> anyway, I digress. Uh, we are at the 46 minute mark, which means that we've managed to talk about healthy organic wine with Dan, the man, 45 minutes which is amazing anyone who um who knows us at unity i'd love to go to our big wide angle shot, but uh we didn't plug the camera in properly and it's run out of batteries so we've lost it uh but that was really good man right. that was right. awesome thank and you i've learned so much about wine and i can't i can't stress this enough i'm going to put up the um dan's website uh again on here now that's our website uh there we go cuttings um He's, over the last couple of months, been supplying us with real wine because he heard, he, he heard a rumour that I was drinking cheap, shitty um, Audi <laughs> <laughs> wine. That <It> was rad. <laughs> I don't know where I heard that from. But, you know, we have we we're on a budget and all that sort of thing, and, and I thought, oh, well, it can't be that bad. Um, and then Dan showed me the light, and he started supplying us with really, really good wine. And as Rad said, holy crap it's uh, it's um it's phenomenal and over the last month you've sort of we've given you a bit of feedback and you've sussed out our palate. and and the last box of wine that you gave us was like every bottle we opened was just next level knock your socks off so if you guys are are, are interested which really all of you should be anyone watching we've got a few people watching live and i'm sure many many more are going to listen to the podcast or watch this video because it's a really important topic remember what you put into your body counts, and this is on a, uh, a, a like an environmental level, what we breathe, but also what we eat, uh, what we put on our skin. Everything goes through the filtration system, and yeah, let's be real. You know, we want balance in our lives. Rad and I are not. Um, uh, we're not trying to be Satan. We don't want to tell you to give up the good things in life, like good quality um, uh, craft beers and wine. Dan also does craft beers, which is a whole nother conversation that we'll save <laughs> to another day. Uh, you, need, you really need to think about what you're doing, what you're putting in your body, in the, in, in, and the quality of wine should be up there. Um, because, you know, some of us do drink wine for the health benefits, but if you're putting really, really processed wine, as was I um, earlier in the year, you're not getting the health benefits at all. You're just overloading your body and your filtration system with high toxicity. Dan's shaking his hand, and he's very, very passionate about this. We were we were talking about it before, and I he he took off before we even went live. So let's get, give give us your wrap up. What sh- what should people do just to get themselves healthy other than punch in the website that's on the screen right now and learn learn and start ordering better wine?
0: Uh I guess look, you know, if we if we organize a, a, a tasting or you know, um we want to do something on a regular basis, um, I'm happy to uh, to to help educate more people. Um I, the thing is is that wine is, is, is a, a fantastic, fantastic thing that we all love to drink. But you're right, we also need to make sure that we know what we're drinking. And if I can help educate, um, please you know, give, me a, give me an email, send me a message, um, talk to the boys um, here and, and ask them. Um, but I'm happy to help out wherever I can. And uh, as I said, uh, the more the merrier when it comes to educating people with wine.
1: And if, uh, if Dan doesn't know the answer, you can hit me up. I'll, uh, I'll help you out. <laughs> so what we'll do, guys, we'll uh, for our Unity Gym members, um, we will be announcing the, uh, the wine tasting um, internally uh, through our Unity Gym support group page. And anyone that isn't a member of Unity Gym, if you do uh, want to be a part of that or uh, want to come along, just uh, send us a message uh, on Facebook and we'll let you know when we're going to be doing it.
2: Fantastic. Awesome, man, that was epic. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you for having me in. You are absolutely welcome. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna quickly uh, discuss one um, cool study that I've looked at, which I think will be beneficial to people. And um, other than that, uh, hit us up if you're interested in the wine tasting uh, and get yourself some healthy wine. Trust me, trust me, trust me, try. Some really good quality wine. If you're if you've been drinking wine on a budget, uh, Dan will take care of you at Cuttings if you're uh, if you're looking for a good supplier. And um, and let's start looking at what we put in our bodies on a mac on a micro level, not just a macro level with your food and the water that you drink, guys. Let's look at all the other things as well. Um, we would I'd love to get you back on and maybe we talk about beer next time uh, because I know you you're, you you guys also specialise in really good quality craft beer. Rad and I uh, are not. Um, are not shy of a, uh, of a good beer. We yeah, Yanni specialises in all beer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me all the beer, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I asked how many I drunk, I said all of them. Um, no, look, uh, that was really good, mate. Thank you very much for giving up your time. I think that we gave some really good value to people out there, uh, myself included. I'm learning a lot and I'm very much enjoying the wines that you're bringing in uh, for us. It's fantastic.
0: No, appreciate it. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks. All right. So, thanks. We, All right, we'll let
2: Dan let we'll let Dan go so he can get back to uh, what he does best. And um, will I see you at lunchtime today for a workout, or are you going to miss it because of uh, the time you've given us?
0: No, no. If, I, I feel guilty if I'm not going to be here. So, yeah. uh, there's one thing that I've noticed that um, coming to Unity Gym for me uh, has become a bit of a um, part of my day so uh yeah I'll awesome. definitely see you guys Awesome man all right see you sir. thanks thanks very much Cheers. thanks a lot
1: thanks see you,
2: bro Bye. see you, dude All right tribe it's time to talk study review uh and this is a this is an easy one and for some of you it might seem really really obvious but um I'm going to talk about it anyway Uh as you guys know Um, I am a big fan of muscle hypertrophy and all things that support muscle hypertrophy. That is the growth of muscle tissue. Um, Let's be honest, Rad and I, and a lot of the guys at Unity here aren't getting any younger. We're all sort of pushing that 40 mark and 50 mark. And for some of you, 60, the guys that have earned it. Uh, And one of our priority goals is to maintain muscle tissue. I'm gonna set this up so we get both of us in the one shot. so the study that I looked at this week um, that I liked the idea of is that, 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 because we all think that we need to smash ourselves to, uh, to get a good result in the gym. And one of the, one of the cool things about muscle hypertrophy is that, I'm just gonna set this up so Rad and I both get our own um, mic. Can we, well I don't know, can we do that? No, you can't really, can you? It's not gonna work because we got these things hooked up. done no. No, it's not gonna work. We thought we could do it, folks, but we can't. Uh, what we found. They, they, I'll read the. I'll read the summary here uh, again. I'm. Uh, I, I take these studies from uh, Coach by Tony Batagi. He has an amazing service. Whether you're a personal trainer or not a personal trainer, I highly recommend checking this out for around seven bucks a week. Here's the thing, there are so many good research studies that get published on a weekly basis and it's very, very hard to filter through them. Uh, You need to know how to interpret the data and not only know how to interpret interpret the data, you gotta make sure that it comes from a reputable source because there are good journals and there are mediocre journals. So uh, this is a great service because I trust Tony and I trust his whole team and if these guys are Uh, are reviewing the study, then chances are it is of a very, very high caliber and it's worth paying attention to. So we jump into Coach by Tony Batagi. I'll put a link again in the post if you guys are interested in this service where he publishes probably about five or six um, uh, reviewed studies every week that you can jump onto. So I'll read this verbatim from his website. All intensities above 20% 1RM effective at building muscle. Um, This study was designed to identify if there is a minimum loading to induce muscle hypertrophy. That's the growth of the muscle cells. What they did, uh, 30 men volunteered to participate in a a weights program, performed twice a week for 12 weeks. The study employed a within-subject design in which one leg and arm trained at 20%, 1RM and the contralateral limb was, so the other limb was randomly assigned to one of three conditions, either 40%, 60% or 80% of one RM. That means that they're doing 80% of what they could do for one rep only, okay? The GR, uh, the, then they started the session with three sets to failure. So they controlled that, everyone did three sets to failure, but they were doing it at that um, intensity that they were designated to. After training, the number of sets was adjusted for the other contralateral limb conditions with volume matched uh, and 1RM were assessed at pre and post six week intervals and they also tested their strength, their 1RM strength at 12 weeks as well. Bear with me if this is a little sciencey but this is important for people, especially when we're trying to maintain our muscle tissue into our later years. What they found was when low to high intensities of weight training were performed with volumes matched, all intensities were effective for increasing muscle strength and size. However, the 20% 1RM was suboptimal in this regard and only the heavier weight intensities, more specifically the 80% 1RM, were shown superior for increasing strength. So basically what they're saying here guys in layman's terms is, You don't have to train to a super high intensity to build strength and muscle hypertrophy, muscle size. Obviously, what we would think is that the higher intensities increase strength a lot more and they have a slightly better effect in hypertrophying, enlarging or maintaining the muscle tissue. But what I think is really important as a take home from this guys is when you're either injured or you're in a recovery phase or you're just fucking unmotivated for whatever reason. It's not essential that you come in and kill yourself in the gym. Training to even a twenty percent one RM, which absolutely anybody can do, is enough to grow muscle and grow strength, develop strength. This is really important because, like you know, you're you kind of led to believe that it's it's it's, it's all or nothing. It's it, you you are you you either go all out or people don't go at all. And I think we see this a lot in the gym, right?
1: Yeah, for sure, we do. You see, uh, so many people have had, got this mentality that when you come to the gym, the only thing you come for is to absolutely kill yourself. And it's just not, not only is it um, not the right way to, to do it, but it, it can cause you a lot of problems. And that's why at Unity Gym, we, we follow the partial pyramid periodization model where we ramp load for the first three weeks out of every month and in the third week we do a peak week where we get people to, as long as they're injury free, to try and uh, lift as much weight as possible and and really increase their strength in that week and then we follow that with a deload week. And we've found that for the majority of people uh, that we train in North Sydney, that that is the most effective way to achieve great adaptations, see really good strength gains, but a very low risk of injury. I think what um, one of the big, most
2: important things to take out of this is that. Probably the most most critical factor in, in, in any training program is consistency. It's the same with diet. You know, I had a really great discussion and I watched an amazing podcast, again, from my friend, Ben Pakulski. Pekul- I'll link it here uh, because he had a guest on, um, Dr. Lane Norton, who Richie and I both really like following. He's uh, one of the smartest dudes I've ever seen. And, um, and they had a big talk about diet and diet-related adherence. You know, uh, it doesn't really matter what diet. Uh, you follow the reason why people fail to lose weight is generally not because of the diet. It's because they they suck it. Their adherence sucks. They 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 drop off. They 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 drop off the wagon. So uh, this is the same with exercise, you know. And it's super important to understand that. Um, if, to be consistent, you can't always train at 100%. You can't always smash yourself. And quite frankly, it's more effective to undulate your periodization, to have peak weeks like we do here at Unity, and to have back-off weeks where we lower the intensity quite substantially. Now, the other thing is that when you injure yourself or you have an issue... There's always stuff you can do, and there's always an intensity that will match the issue, you know. And, and all you need is the right guidance to sort of do that, you know. The other thing I'd, I'd like to, um, to to sort of say about this uh, research paper, again, which I will link in the bottom of the, uh, the 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 page when we when we repost this video, is that um, for new people who are just thinking about starting out. It's very, very important to understand. One of the things that turns people off is that, that, that a lot of personal trainers have the go hard or go home mentality. And so, when you set foot in the gym, irrespective of your level of conditioning, many people will push you to breaking point. They think that's the best way to train because it it does elicit a better a hypertrophy and strength result. But for a new person, the worst thing you can do is be turned off exercise. You know, and so knowing that for the first three to six months, you only have to train at 20 or 30 or 40% and slowly the process of progression should kick in and you build that intensity up until you're training at your 80, 90. And and, and for really conditioned people, even 100% a few times a year, uh, that's very important. So don't think that you have to step foot in the gym and you're gonna get busted up and your trainer shouldn't do that. It's, it's not the right approach anyway. So anyway, for all those newbies, have confidence, training at 30%, 20% even has been shown to elicit a great result uh, and then you should progress it from there. Any final notes from you, Rad? No, no,
1: that's pretty much it, man. I think, uh, yeah, just uh, just be smart, listen to your body um, uh, and listen, listen to your trainer. There's a, there's a reason uh, why people um, pay uh, trainers to do what we do. It's uh, because we've, we've been around and we've been doing it for a while and we understand uh, what is best for people and what's gonna deliver the best results. Yeah, awesome. Awesome.
2: What a show, tribe. That was epic. I'm pretty stoked to have have had Dan on here. I learned a lot from him and I learned a lot about wine. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna go, uh, I know it's been a little bit male dominant on the show, uh, but we have a couple of girls lined up who are, um, are coming on. I have a good close friend of mine who's an amazing dietitian, and uh, I'm really excited to have her on the show because she has just had her first child, and uh, as, as a lot of you know, Rad, myself, um, have been, we've been pumping out kids like a little baby factory over here at Unity. Uh, and one of the questions that's come up recently from um, uh, people in our circle is, what's the best approach when you're preparing to conceive? And uh, it, it made me think, wow, that's a that's a whole show in itself that we could do, and possibly two or three. So I've got a couple of girls lined up. I've got a dietitian, and I've also got a naturopath who's really, really keen to come on the show. So we're going to have a, 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 a female discussion going forward. And it's not just female. That's, that's something that I should point out. It's very important for the men to it to take ownership of this too there are certain things that you should in our opinion be doing in preparation for uh starting a family and one of them is just getting yourself physically conditioned for the sleep deprivation Um, as you can see i've actually had a very good night's sleep last night but rad probably hasn't Uh, it's the hardest thing you will ever go through ladies and gentlemen having children we've got a bunch of uh, pregnant people down here at the gym now Part of it is the physical preparedness to be able to endure the pain of sleep deprivation and all of those things that come with it and that are associated with it. You've got to be strong in mind and strong in body. So I'm super thrilled over the next couple of weeks to have a few people on who can help with that, help with the nutrition side of things, and we can obviously add value by helping with the physical uh, conditioning side of things. Keep a lookout for that. Until then, folks, I cannot wait to uh, see you all again. I can't wait to get the podcast up. You guys can always, always find us on our Instagram page. You can also find us on our YouTube channel there's all sorts of different resources out there Uh, this video will be obviously posted to youtube as well thank you very much for joining us Uh, we'll get rad to thank everyone as well Um, we are out tribe until next time thank you very very much